0: I really thought accessible cooking would be this huge shift I had to make in everything I did in the kitchen, how I cooked, where I cooked, when I cooked. Welcome to the Cook Who Can't Eat podcast, where we're making food, family, and life a little easier, one bite at a time. Hello, friend. I'm so glad that you're here. When it was time for us to combine households, we looked at the market, saw a bunch of houses. We realized that our best option was really to renovate one of our houses and have everyone live there. As we started the redesign, the first room I focused on was the kitchen. The chance to build the kitchen around how I cook was a dream come true? And I knew I was very lucky and very fortunate to be able to do that. Food has a special ability to bring people together. And for me, cooking's never really been a chore. It's how I show love. I've always loved to cook and bake, but never really had the time to focus on it, really learn or <laughs> even practice. There's always one-offs or parties and holidays and and those came up. Yeah, I way overcooked, but I enjoyed every second of it. When I got sick, I suddenly had all the time in the world to cook, but I had no energy and I can't eat anything. It's a bit of a cruel joke, but I keep cooking because it's my small way of still being able to take care of my family when there are so many things that I can no longer do. I started making minor changes in the way I cook and the ingredients I use, really anything that would make it just a little bit easier so I could keep cooking and it didn't require days to recover. That's when I heard the term accessible cooking. I thought the term was a little odd sounding, but it has the simplest definition. It's the practice of ensuring that everyone, regardless of their physical or cognitive abilities, can cook and prepare meals for themselves and their family. This made perfect sense to me because that's what I was wanting to do. I needed to find easier ways to cook and keep cooking because every recipe that I create or cook is caring and loving on my people. I really thought accessible cooking would be this huge shift I had to make in everything I did in the kitchen, how I cooked where I cooked, when I cooked. Instead, it was using appliances or other tools to help with chopping and cutting any labor-intensive activity. It's simplifying recipes and making sure that there's always clear and easy to understand and follow instructions. It's sometimes using ingredients that are pre-sliced or even pre-cooked. Voice-activated kitchen devices can even help if you need a little bit of hands-free cooking. Oven mitts with silicone grips will help you hold on to those pots and pans, pull out shelves or appliance sliders, make it easier for you to access the tools, ingredients or utensils that you need. What it really comes down to is organizing your cooking space, your kitchen, your pantry, even your cupboards so that they are more accessible for you. People with disabilities or chronic illness may need these options because of physical or cognitive challenges that make traditional cooking difficult and sometimes impossible. According to a report from the USDA in 2019, 13.6% of households with a disabled or chronically ill adult experience food insecurity. That's in contrast to the 7.8% of the general population that has that same experience. Another study published in the Journal of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior found that people with disabilities and chronic illness tend to have limited cooking knowledge or skills. And that leads to them eating more accessible, fast food options rather than healthy foods. Providing accessible options and accessible recipes can help overcome a lot of these challenges. It provides independence, self-sufficiency, healthy eating habits. You feel empowered to cook and care for those that you love. And overall, it can improve your quality of life. There are several organizations that provide resources and support for people with disabilities, including the National Council on Independent Living and the National Organization on Disability. Online resources include websites such as The Cook Who Can't Eat, WellBlendedLife.com, AccessibleChef.com, and Cooking with a Disability. There are lots of adaptive cooking tools available that can make cooking so much easier. That's actually been what's made the biggest difference for me. By saving energy, chopping and cutting, I can sometimes make it all the way to the end of the recipe. I'm going to post a list of my favorite tools on the website in case you want any ideas or you want to see how they help me. I'm also going to change the way I share my recipes. I'm going to start calling out very specifically where, when, and how you can make changes to the recipe to make it more accessible. Cooking can be incredibly rewarding, but it can also be completely exhausting. Making the process more accessible will hopefully allow you to enjoy the process, enjoy the food without needing a day or two or a week to recover. Thank you for being here, my friend. This conversation is absolutely not over. You're going to start seeing a lot of information around this because I've got adaptable recipes, tools, all sorts of stuff that will hopefully make your life in the kitchen a little easier. Thank you again for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Today's recipe is actually one of my favorite accessible cooking secrets. It's how I bulk prep chicken so that I have it whenever I need it. And since you can do it in the Instant Pot or the oven, it is simple, easy, and doesn't require a lot of energy. It's time for me to share one of my favorite accessible cooking secrets. I bulk prep chicken. Typically I use my Instapot, but if you don't have one, don't worry. You can use your oven and it works just as well. To start, I mix up some batches of the seasoning I want to use. I usually keep it very basic so that the chicken can be used in just about anything. If you don't want to make your own seasoning mix, use a pre-packaged one to just cut out that extra step. If you're cooking this in an Instapot, add your trivet and then your chicken. Make sure your chicken stays in one layer You never want it to be stacked on top of one another. Sprinkle your seasoning over the chicken and then add in your liquid. I like to use two cups of chicken or vegetable stock, but you can also use water. Add your lid and lock it in place. You're going to pressure cook your chicken on high, seven minutes if the chicken breasts are fresh, and if they're frozen, 10 minutes. Once it's done cooking, allow it to naturally depressurize for about 10 to 15 minutes. Make sure you release any remaining pressure before you remove your lid. Remove your chicken and then dump what's in the Instapot. Now you can repeat this process until you have what you need. To save time and energy, once each batch of chicken is done, it's added to just a large bowl. I keep that bowl covered until the very end so that I'm only shredding or slicing chicken once instead of after each batch. Once everything's done cooking, I do one of two things with the chicken. I either slice it up or shred it. For the sliced chicken, I package it and slice it as individual chicken breasts. For the shredded chicken, after it's been shredded, I measure it out into one pound packages no matter what you decide to do with them, make sure you let it cool completely before you freeze it. To freeze, use whatever's available to you. If you have a vacuum sealer or freezer bags or even freezer safe containers, what really matters is that you label it so you know exactly what's in it and when it was made. Once this is all done, I now have a whole bunch of individual chicken breasts and shredded chicken in my freezer. It's recipe ready, They quickly defrost, and even if just one of my kids wants a more hearty snack or a lunch, easy for them to grab one of the chicken breasts and defrost it for use. What makes this so great for accessible cooking is that it's very low effort and low energy and high reward, not just that day, but ongoing. Now, if you don't have an Instapot, don't worry, you can still do this. It's just a little different instead you're going to brush both sides of your chicken with some olive oil sprinkle your seasoning mix on both sides and put it in the oven at 400 degrees for about 24 to 26 minutes or until the internal temperature reads 165 and you can do the exact same thing that we do with the instapot once one batch is done remove it from the pan dump anything that's in there out and keep going until you've got all your batches done no matter how you decide to do it. This is very low energy and low effort with a really big return and it's going to make cooking easier and more accessible for you and your family. Thank you for being here my friend. I'm so glad you were able to join me. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you're not going to want to miss the next episode where we're going to talk about printing after dark.